As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Happy Monday. It's the best day of the week. It's the beginning of the week. Ari Wasserman is here. Max Olson is here. We got yelled at on Twitter all weekend. At least Ari and I did. Max was a, an innocent bystander. I stayed up Twitter. I'm good. A, li- a listener to the uh, the SEC job rankings episode. Ari, the Texas fans uh, not happy with where we put them in their new conference. You know what the problem is, Andy? They didn't have a hero. Like w- once I'm out, there's nobody yeah. to, to talk on their behalf. So <laughs> well, and, and the, the fact that you drop them for for the Aggies, like you essentially threw Texas in the trash and put on a maroon cape. You have that's, to know that's though. What you did. Everybody has to know. The Aggies over the Longhorns would have happened regardless. I think. Like I am very high on Texas A&M right now. Of course you are because they mm-hmm. they have a high recruiting ranking. They recruit well. They're in an area where they should be able to get a bunch of recruits. They have tons of money. They are everything you want in a school. And they have a and they have a coach and, that's and actually the, won a national title. And, and I know true. it was in a, in a previous uh, previous system, but that still counts. Like there's they, a coach that has proven that they yeah. can win at the highest level. It might have been at a different place, but I think you can make the case that College Station Texas is more. Uh, advantageously situated from a geographical oh. standpoint. Then. <laughs> oh, you just made their heads explode. I'm and sorry. Florida State. I, I'm going to play the part of Ari right now. This is the part where Ari says it's way better to live in in uh, Laguna Niguel or wherever. I, no, I, whatever part of the west side of, of Los Angeles County that Lincoln Riley is living on than, than Norman, Oklahoma. Austin's a better town than College Station. No, he was saying I compared no, to... No, 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 no. I said <laughs> okay. compared, to, compared right. to Florida State. I, I, I had, say that as someone who territory. loves college town, small college towns, lives in a small college town, appreciates College Station for the wonder that it is. I think most people would prefer to live in Austin, so let's not go too crazy. <laughs> it's yeah, also... No, all, I was, all I was saying the, uh, was that Go ahead. I, I think I would take the the Houston area geographical recruiting footprint over the one that's in Tallahassee. Okay, well that's fine. I that's, I, I, I will fine. I will give you I will give you Houston ninety miles away uh, versus Mariana seventy miles away. I will give you that. Or do you think that so Florida so Jimbo at Florida State was able to get to the top of the mountaintop? 
They didn't really stay at the top of the mountain very mm-hmm. long after that. Do you think that A&M is one of those that you can actually stay at the top of the mountain? Well, I think they have to get to the top of the mountain first. Which no, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah, in your uh, vision of where A&M's going over the next five years, and you, I, uh, I know you yeah. feel like they can get to the top of that, but can they? Can Jimbo keep it there? I think. Well, first of all, I think it's going to be a lot harder to stay there in that conference than it would have been at Florida State. So the fact sure. that he didn't do it at Florida State is, is a red flag. But I don't care where you are or what your team is or what conference you're in or anything that's on your helmet. If you recruit classes like the one they just signed last year, you are going to remain at the mountaintop to some degree. You're going to so, break through. And yeah, I don't that, know. That's the, the, the question, I think, and I guess maybe this would be a good question for you, Max, is do you think that Texas A&M can recruit like that for five straight years? Because that's what it's going to take. Like If Texas A&M signs the seventh best class in the 2023 cycle or the 2024 cycle now, it, 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 it doesn't do what it needs to do. And I think don't, people like don't realize that. Like, Having one really good class is important. There's no question about it. But if you can't sustain that over a four-year period, then you're still going to have some holes. So, like, is he situated to do that four years in a row? Yeah, I, I think that one thing we've seen in, in, in Texas versus Texas A&M recruiting is, first of all, over the last decade, I'm not sure there's a program that has changed their situation in recruiting maybe more than A&M because you, people – it's easy to forget. Before they went in the SEC – they were recruiting kind of more at a top 25 level. I mean, really not, we're not talking about, I'm not saying they didn't have this ceiling, but in terms of the best players in Texas, it was definitely not 50, 50 with the Longhorns in terms of where those kids were going. And now it's 50, 50. And then some in terms of A&M, which is a huge transformation in terms of, you know, owning your state or or owning your share of the state. But um, I think what we've seen, it's like, it's like what I said about Oklahoma in the episode on Friday. It's that, the circle patch makes a difference, which, by the sure, way, it does. Texas get in the circle patch too. But so, I think if Texas, if 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 Texas were ever to get very, very, very good, I think we at this point we probably could say A and M could still recruit at a top ten level. But I don't think A and M falls off. There's the, a huge difference between what they just did and number ten. No, but I'm saying I, I don't think A and M would backslide into now we're signing a number twenty ranked class. Right, so oh, no, other people got back good. to what they were. But in I the do Big think 12. that that yeah. backsliding to number ten would be almost as detrimental. But you'd call that backsliding. That would still be recruiting at such a high level that you're you're in that blue chip, you know, Not range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, no, would, have, I know, they would have I the know. worst class in their division. There, well, there, but, there yeah. will be divisions, but it won't matter. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, but it, I'm saying if, if, if people in A&M are getting pissed because their class is ranked 10th, that means they've come a long way. Right. My from favorite thing in the entire world was when Tennessee signed the number 10 overall class nationally three years ago, and it was number eight in the SEC. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, I, I get you your know point, what? Max. Those you're, players you're, didn't stay, so you've got to yeah. hang on to it once you once you get those yeah, players. Yeah, uh, take that that page out of the Maryland playbook, too. Um, hey, but, did, did people, did so what, what you, were you guys getting killed for this? Or did Auburn fans come after you, or did they no. kind of shrug and say I, that's fine. My mentions were dry. Okay. I think I think Auburn fans agree with Ari on, on they the are mad at their administration as sure. well. No, nobody liked how Auburn's administration handled that, especially Auburn fan. I think they were embarrassed by that. And listen, Auburn Auburn people are very proud, and they're also proud of the way they that they handle things. That there's you know they don't they don't like that their school handled this this way. So I, I thought they were fine. Uh, the South Carolina fans, I thought, were were fine, even though we were we were kind of hard on them. We we're talking about Clemson blocking them. Uh, the Florida fans did not come at me at all for for having them as low as I did, uh, but I'm not surprised by that because I think it's dawning on them that their job is kind of hard. That they just ran off another coach who had had success before, and 
So, and that's why, that's the part that blew my mind as the Texas fans were arguing with me. I'm like, guys, Texas and Florida are the same job. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes you think that this is good? Like, you chew up coaches and spit them out. Like, I know you're supposed to be good. And everything around you says you should be good. That's the same at Florida. For whatever reason, you're chewing up coaches and spitting them out. That's a problem. But the, the it's all relative to Randy because I would I, w- when I ask you this, like if you're talking about where you have Texas and Florida, you, you can rank them that way in terms of the SEC. But but nationally, you're still ranking them very very high, right? There's not that many other right, jobs outside top, the SEC probably, that are better than those. Yeah, jobs. they're probably top ten jobs nationally, right? Right, but. But the thing about you're not it really is, trashing them because you can't right. name that many jobs outside of the conference that you'd rather have. Well, I, I think it came. Uh, the The initial tweet was from the the SB Nation site that that covers Texas and Burn mm-hmm. Orange Nation, and they said, you know, and this is the silliest thing. They told on themselves with what they said because they're like, Texas has, has got to be the second best job behind Alabama. I'm like, well, okay, Alabama's not the best job. Georgia's the best job. So you, you're telling on yourself there already, but you have, have you not watched what happened? I mean, what happened to Charlie Strong? What happened to Tom Herman? What happened in Steve Sarkeesian's first year? Like you just lost to freaking Kansas. You've lost to Kansas twice in four years. Like this is not, I guess twice in five years. It was, it was Strong's last year, mm-hmm, yeah. but mm-hmm. this is, this is not acceptable. And don't give me your comparison with Texas A&M's record because Texas A&M plays in the SEC West. Like that is so much more difficult than what Texas has been doing. And and what what I did too with, with my rankings was that I I ranked Tennessee lower than I think most people would have because of that whole coaching spit them out and chew yes. them out type thing. So like if you t- to stay consistent, like Texas has I done gave the Tennessee same thing. a bump because it feels like there's there's more competent leadership. Yeah, I need now. one more year. Uh, yeah. but but. Yeah, Texas is in a really tough spot. Uh, you know, the thing, that too, is that five years ago, maybe not five, we're getting old, guys. I, I <laughs> had three drinks last night, and I'm still hurting. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I've reached that point in my life. But yeah. the yeah. the thing is, is that Texas would have been the number one job in America on every list 10 years ago. Absolutely. So I think that okay. every, I did so, the ranking for SI, and, and I had it number one. Well, all right. Why don't we why don't we live in the multiverse here for a second? End of 2013, if Saban takes Texas, what's the Texas job today? Number one? Top top three? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Best case scenario, probably top three, but we're not living in the best case but scenario. But Texas Saban didn't take this Texas job right. for a reason. Right. And one of the reasons is Alabama is is probably a better job than Texas. And buddy, I was around. Saban. I was around for all that. Trust me, uh, not a lot of alignment going on that week when they're trying to hire Nick Saban. It was a messy time. Yeah, and and, and here's which the might thing. be an indication of what's going on now. And and, and sure. it's funny because Alabama got so aligned with Nick Saban almost out of desperation because they had no other choice at that point but to hire Nick Saban. And then when they hired him, he had them over a barrel so much that. They had to give him everything he wanted. So Alabama's alignment came really through necessity more than anything else. And you kind of wonder, well, when will Texas hit that point where <laughs> alignment is basically necessity? I, I don't they haven't found it yet. There's not a there's not been that point. And look But when they had powers and they had to lost odds and they had yes. Mac Brown, when you had that 
all right. You, you know, you you saw the potential. Well, also, you know, also, Mac was the perfect person for the Texas job. Sure. Mac is the type of person who makes every single person he talks to feel like they're the most special person in the universe. Ari had his first experience in person with Mac Brown last I year. I got Mac. And yeah. And, and, and I told you, I told him, I was like, Ari, you, he does it to everyone. And I'm not saying that's not an insult to Mac Brown. It is a massive, big, it, you it's know, like huge a, it's character a trait. Previ- it's in like his a presidential favor. level skill to have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, he is, but it's actually not that complicated. It's just paying attention, looking somebody in the eye and calling them by their name. It's not easy as, you, as, as no, I'm not saying it's easy, no, it's, but it's it a is memory nice thing, though, for too. him yeah. to to take the time to know who he's talking to when he's talking to so many people in a given day to look them in the eye, to shake their hand and to be warm, I think is a skill that people shouldn't do or shouldn't be able to do to the level that Mac Brown has mastered it. But a lot of coaches I talk to lack that skill in the other way, like all the way, the other way. And, And now, now imagine that your, your biggest donors are not just rich people, but billionaires. And they're used to being the single most important person in every room they walk into. And so, and this is, I've talked to people who've coached at Texas about this very thing. And they say that is one of the more difficult things to navigate is if you make billionaire a feel more special than billionaire B feels you're dead to billionaire B. And that's, that's scary. Like Mac is so good at working people. And and what well, I'm working people is the wrong phrase. Dealing with people, just I, it, deal, it, dealing with people it, on a human level it, that yeah. they all feel special. It's been described to me this way. I think it's probably true, Andy. Maybe maybe you'd agree. Um, one thing that helped Mac a lot in that time, beyond the the you know interpersonal skills, is you almost you have to be an empty nester in some ways too, because that's yes. what he was at that time. And you have all this time to go on the golf trips with the uh, you know with all the very important people and make all the time in the world for those folks. And it's, it's tough to do when you're a guy like Tom Herman that had, had young kids going on. Yeah. And Charlie yeah. Strong had kids in high school at the time. And yeah, yeah. you guys can all it, speak to this too. But like now that I'm, I'm in the father club with you guys, I could not imagine being a college football coach in this scenario. No, like I no, can't, like I no. can't even figure out whether I can go to brunch with a friend on Sunday, let alone go on. A you definitely understand trip. why but these coaches, when they get older, they're like, I don't know my kids very well. It's like, yeah, cause the time commitment they needed for their job. Like you just, I could see why that ends up being a big problem down the road. And then I guess if you say, well, I'm making $9 million a year that the wife has to understand, but uh, it does seem like a a very big strain. But Um, the thing is like in your, in your relationship, Ari, both of you work, her job is important too. mm -hmm. And more important. Right. It's a different, (laughs) but, and and that's, that's always one of the interesting interpersonal dynamics in these coach marriages, because in a lot of cases, the wife is the breadwinner at first. Like she's making significantly more money than he is as he's trying to climb the ladder. And then at some point they switch and then, and then she has to, to take care of everything essentially as, as he works a million hours a week and the money goes up. It's a weird deal. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know that, that most people could handle that lifestyle. It would be an interesting series to like ask people like what they did for a living, like wives of coaches, what they did for a living while their husbands were GAs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I ran a blockbuster. I'd write (laughs) about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And, and I would, I would say in probably 90% of the cases, she made more than he did. Yeah. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, the funny thing I wanted to say before we changed the subject is like we were talking about Mac Brown and like being personable and warm and inviting. We should do, and I don't know, it would probably be too offensive with the position that we're in, but we should just do a top 10 robots in college football coaching because there are so many of them. Like, I don't know, like, is it offensive to call Nick Saban a robot? But Nick Saban isn't a robot if you're important. No, no, I know. But like, is it, I I know I've seen, I've seen coaches that are robots 85% of the time. And also... And fifteen percent of the if you time, ask him a good question, will give you a great answer. I know, but he has like to he, be a robot to a certain extent in order to be this locked in and success eighty five right, right. percent of he the is, time. He uh, is very task oriented and planned out. He has an eighteen month calendar where each day is planned out. That's robotic. Oh yeah, no, that's and and I think that's part of part of his success. And I think Mac Brown is probably very different. Mac Brown is but, Mac Brown one hundred percent of the time with everybody. But yeah. by the way, okay, so I've I've listened I listened to this SEC rankings podcast and and many more where where this has been a theme where Ari has thrown up his hands and be like, what the hell's going on at Texas? I can't someone explain it to me, all that stuff. Do you want to do it again, Max? No, we don't have to do it again. I, I just want to say <laughs> this. If we talk if we want to if you want to like we talk through all these issues at Texas or or all these, you know, gripes. At some point, do you think we should step back and say maybe Mac Brown is a top 25 head coach because Bruce and Stu don't put him on their, their list. And oh. They didn't last year. Oh, Mac Brown gets better. No, uh, he'd be on my list. list. Let me give you a list of coaches who get better in my eyes every year. That's what I'm saying. That, that their successors and successors, successors can't get it together. Mac Brown, Pete Carroll, Gary Pinkle. Mm-hmm. Gary mm-hmm. Pinkle was the god. Like, look at what Gary Pinkle did at Missouri. But if you guys were they doing, were amazing. If you guys and, were and doing your own coaching lists, though, how much would you take recruiting into account? Because it's like I don't know how you could do a top twenty-five list of college coaches and then like ignore that Mac Brown in, in North Carolina is like one of I think eleven programs that have signed multiple five-star. So, so prospects like, if you were doing your twenty-five, you would leave off G five coaches. Um, I don't, I don't know how I would do that, but I would make sure that I, I created a metric or a way to, yeah. you have to grade on a, you have to grade recruiting on a curve. Yeah. You have to grade recruiting based on how are you, are you getting the best players you can get? I have said many level. times though, that I would have a hard time hiring a very good G5 coach for a power <laughs> program. Cause I, I asked you that, uh, you know, I, I asked you a hypothetical because maybe your 25 would just look like the team talent rankings, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, like North Carolina, uh, finishes around 11, you know, 10. Here, here's so maybe Mac Brown right, should and, be and, a yeah, 10 or 11. I, 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 say this as, I say this as someone who thinks Mac Brown is one of the best coaches in college football. Still. You got to get results with those players. Yeah, no, I know. Last that, year was a disaster. Last year weren't yeah. good enough. Right. Right. I was heartbroken. The two squads that were the Stars Matter squads for me last year. Well, Georgia carried the flag, but then they won with a walk-on quarterback, so it canceled out. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> North Carolina and Texas were like my two my two horses, and North Carolina got their ass kicked in week one on a Thursday night, if you remember. I remember that. Uh, yeah. And uh, we don't need – I mean, Texas lost to Kansas, so like I don't know what we're doing here. Um 
but yeah, I think Max, my list would be a little bit easier, but it's just like, where do you start with that list? You start with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney, right? I guess Ryan Day, maybe, although he would be a little bit lower on my list than most others. How about Kyle Whittingham? Yeah, that's a hard one to do because like Kyle Whittingham would probably be a top 10 coach on my list, but he hasn't, I don't think he's even been anywhere near the galaxy, the top 25 in the recruiting. But he's, had, he's had an undefeated season. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where it would get tough, but I do think that you have to... I think you would put Fickle in, but I imagine you probably wouldn't put many G5 coaches in if you were doing it doing it your way with the way that you weight recruiting being, what, the, the 80 90% with, of the job. The problem with the G5 is that it is inherently possible or impossible for people like yeah. us to grade how they're doing as recruiters because a lot of the kids that they're recruiting don't have profiles, and... Um, the only thing that you can do is say, well, that team won 10 games, so he must have a great eye for talent. Right. You know, like clearly, there's no, clearly there's no some data of them are developing. To, you really, you would have to have a, a, like a team that wins 10 games where their best players are freshmen and sophomores. Like that, that would be a guy who recruits really put, well. I might've put Sonny Dykes in with what he did at SMU. You know, some of the classes that he put together, and they've they've been flirting with 10 or 11 wins every year for the last few years before he left the TCU. But this uh, is this is the question that comes up. Like, this is why Jamie Chadwell is still at Coastal Carolina. He's been very successful there. He's been successful at three different levels. He's been successful at Division Two, at FCS, and a group of five. But they're very hesitant to even talk to him about a big-time Power 5 job because he has never had to recruit at that level. Like, he's never been an assistant at that level. His guys have all been with him since North Greenville. And, you know, but where Division do you two. think that he fits, though, Andy? Like, if like to me, I feel like that guy would be the perfect next head coach for Purdue. Or okay. the perfect here's, next head coach for a middle-tier Power 5 school. He's, he's not going to take the, I may have, the Florida State I may have State mentioned job. this to Jamie Chadwell. I think I have. If Jamie Chadwell really wants to be a high-level Power 5 head coach... The quicker way to do it would be go be a high-level Power 5 offensive coordinator right now, and he'd be a high-level Power 5 head coach next year if that offense was good. Also, he'd probably double his salary if he was a coordinator. Correct. If, yeah, at the know, right SEC place. Or, or, or Big Ten coordinator. Yeah. And he's got an offense that everybody wants to steal. Like, you go, it, you sign one or two good players in, in your year with the, the Power 5 schools, the OC. You run a good offense. You're, you're a Power 5 head coach the following year. Yeah, I think his annual salary is nine hundred thousand. So high level coordinators at those big time programs are right. making two million. Right, one point eight in the so, SEC is is yeah. fairly. You know, that's, it, that's a good Attainable. coordinator right there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, let's not forget though, the guy lives in Myrtle, so <laughs> exactly, he's, he's having a great that, time. I, I'm he, sure. Well, his, and, and that's what he told me when I, when I, when he had that conversation. I don't think he he would mind this because he's he's talked about this in interviews, like in press conferences. He's happy. Like his thing is, if if it doesn't come, if they never call, I'm coaching football and living in Myrtle Beach and making more than I ever thought I'd make. Life's good. Fair. Also, fair. watching them is, I think you can make the case that watching that team is the most entertaining team or a top five most entertaining team just to watch football. Yeah. They, they and I think fun. there is something, there's something is to that it for is. like quality of life. It's like, would yeah. you rather be the head coach at Coastal Carolina and be a team that wins 10 games and has an awesome time in, in Myrtle be Beach? Brian or would you rather Harson. be the head coach of Auburn? Yeah. Yeah. Be <laughs> Brian Harson right now. <laughs> they might leak pictures of you that don't exist out to the media. Like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, if the head coach's ego would be durable enough to do that, though. Even if you make more money and even if you think it's a taking a step back from being a head coach at a, 
at a major college football program or major enough for it to be on ESPN a lot. You know, I, I yeah, think we, we've seen tough. it a couple times. A couple times it's happened. How many times? Especially Joe but if you're doing Moore, well, Joe Moorhead too, has won. Joe, Joe Moorhead was an FCS head coach who became yeah. a, a Power Five coordinator. Uh, Dan Enos was a was a Group of Five Dan head Enos. coach who became a Power Five coordinator. Uh, Garrick McGee quit on UAB to go work with Petrino at Louisville. Yeah, so it's happened before, but Moorhead's the only one who wound up a Power Five head coach out of that. And then he got fired. Now, I, I would argue that Moorhead probably shouldn't have been fired when he was at Mississippi State, but we'll see what he does at, at Akron. He'll he'll have a chance to to prove himself mm-hmm. again. But yeah, it's it, it is interesting to think about. That's a hard that would be a hard thing to do if you're used to being in control. The other thing about Chadwell that I think is interesting is that staff is still together. You know, that that group, that core group that he's had really f- across three different schools. And they haven't been picked apart. There have been guys who've been kind of number two in interviews for for bigger jobs, but they haven't left yet. And I think, like if Chad Staggs, their defensive coordinator, if he'd gotten another job, I think at that point, that's when Jamie starts to think about, all right, I don't know if this is this is going to be the, the be-all, end-all here because I don't know if I can keep the band together. But as long as the band's together, and by the way, Chad Staggs, his wife, makes the best cookies maybe I've ever had. Like on Thursdays, they give them out. Wow. If you're the offensive and defensive players of the game, you get a whole like container of them. Everybody else gets like one. So great incentive to be the offensive. Well, and, and, and you know, players of the game. The day are you going to give us some details Andy. on these things or what? Like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about Mac? <laughs> I, I, I will have to what? look at my story to, to give you the exact details. Uh, she would not get Miss Kelly would, would not give me the recipe. I was going to say in this day and age too, Andy, like, uh, if, like if Jamie had taken a job this off season, take Grayson with you. I mean, that's, that's become right. a little more common now. Why not? Yeah. I, I, and, and the thing is he's been fighting to keep Grayson there. Sure. You know, totally. there, there've been, uh, there've been entreaties to Grayson, but he has stayed. Uh, okay. I'm so surprised he didn't go to USC. They're, they're soft. Believe it or not, tampering happens in this sport a little bit. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Yeah, I think we have. Uh, So the cookies, soft whole house type cookies, but ultra soft, like very pillowy soft. Mm. Instead of chocolate chips, crushed Oreos. Okay, here we go. With the the Oreo cream in there too. All right. They're so good. I'm a big, I'm a big incorporate Oreo into everything guy. Yes. So that, I, I don't think I've ever had an Oreo within another cookie before. So I'm I'm sweating right now. I don't think so, I have either. So yes, Ari, if you can make three sacks as part of Coastal Carolina's defense, then you would get a whole container of those cookies the following Thursday. You know, back when I was a kid, and maybe this is when like the, the genesis of like when I knew I probably had to like not be a fat kid, was I remember distinctly when I was playing Pop Warner. And I wasn't a very good football player um, because I just didn't have the mean streak that you needed. But I remember this distinctly. And I... Do you know how like you remember things when you like from your childhood that like make no sense, but you just remember them anyway? <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. my dad grabbing me by the face mask on the sideline of a Pop Warner game and saying, if you sack the quarterback on this drive, we'll go get a whopper after the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guess what? I didn't get the sack, but I still what? think we got the whopper. <laughs> three sacks. You, you I would expect you to have three sacks. Yeah, uh, I think I recovered a fumble, but it wasn't because I did anything. It was because I was the nose guard and they fumbled the snap. <laughs> See, I was I was too fat to play Pop Warner, so I, I never even got to try. Yeah, I remember being nervous every Saturday morning before the weigh-in. 
Oh, they, so I feel like I was like right, right on the cusp. Way, I forgot they had weigh-ins for that. Yeah, remember you had to like get on all your pads and go stand in line and you'd get on the scale. Thank you, ma'am. And then you would go play the game. And I remember like I was like three pounds away from the next level. And I was very yeah. bad at my level. And I would have been like completely annihilated if I went up a so, level. We lived in the Keys from second through fifth grade for me, and there was no Pop Warner in Key Largo at the time. There may be now, but there wasn't then. So we moved to Orlando right before sixth grade. I was 180 pounds in sixth grade. So there was no Pop Warner League taking me. (laughs) There was not. I had to wait till high school if I wanted to play football, which I did. Oh, boy. (laughs) So you got the Whopper anyway? Yeah, I think that and that was like the poor. I think my dad would say that's the. We're gonna have to talk to your dad. I was gonna yeah. say, is that one of those memories you really unpack it? You think maybe, man, that maybe, maybe uh, had a long term yeah, effect it's on me. Like, I think to myself, if I get a promotion, I'm gonna get a filet o fish. <laughs> I didn't get the promotion, <laughs> but I can still but get the filet o fish. Maybe the rewards need to cost a little more. Maybe yeah. the fact that the rewards cost a dollar nineteen. They're so accessible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. For those who don't know. I'm I'm very excited. We are going to have Ari's dad on the show at some point in about the next month. And it's going to be this. spectacular. Wow. I don't even know if I should amazing. be on the show. I think that you should just interview him and I'll just stand in the corner. Like, I don't even know if the world's right. I think, this. I, I think I think that's the way to do it. I think that's the way to do it. All right. So we, we've we've thoroughly dissected the Texas job and, and what's wrong. With I don't know it what everything. I don't know what tangent we ended up on there, but Did I enjoyed we, it. Did we solve any? We didn't solve anything there. You know, my Let's, favorite thing about being having Max on this show and being on the same show of like it, it happens on every podcast I've ever co-hosted with him is I just talked to him for an hour and I'm like, I don't even know what we <laughs> talked about, but it was awesome. Like I, I know I, last time I did uh, <laughs> Stars Matter, we yeah. had like five things we wanted to talk about and I think we got to two, right? Yeah, I, I don't even think we got to two. I think yeah. it was just like, what's wrong with Texas? <laughs> and then an hour and a half went by. And I'm like, holy shit, where are we? Uh, but yeah, it's always... Uh, you know, it's always good. I think it's we're doing okay. What's wrong it's good with to Texas, see you, man. though? It's good to I, see Max. I think it's like, if you don't know how to do a Rubik's Cube, all you're doing is turning it for no reason. Mm. You're never getting anywhere close. I've never done it. I've never completed yeah. a Rubik's Cube. So, yeah, like, I don't know how me. to do a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. So, if I had my one son, in my hand. My son figured it out. We just turn and turn ago. and turn, and maybe some t- someday we'll get That's there. All so we my, do my, is my 12, turn my, the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. My 12-year-old figured it out two weeks ago. It's on YouTube, by the way. You can look on YouTube, and they'll tell you the trick. So perhaps yeah. Texas, you know, Chris Del Cani and, and Sark just need to look at YouTube and figure out the secret to the Rubik's Cube. And then that's it. And they're done. And they'll they'll suddenly start winning 10 games. I either. mean, I've been I've been uh, twisting the Texas Rubik's Cube for five years and I finally put it down. So but see that gonna- that's the thing that it, it's not just that I, I'm the same way. And, and the, we had this discussion Friday. I'm sure Max remembers mm. uh, about A&M. Ari's so high. Oh my, my, by the way, favorite moment of the pod was the moment when you you could tell audibly you could tell that Ari was in a corner and he was having to punch two people at once, and he just he did not he did not like the feeling of being ganged up on. I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to that. He said it after the show. He's like, I don't I've like never being ganged do up on when the other two people are very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the A and M thing, you were so excited about it. And I'm like Ari, they haven't won a national title since ni- uh, 1939, despite having what would appear to be every single advantage. So if we're going to say that Texas all has this issue where we, you know, some mystifying thing that we can't really put our finger on that is causing the problem. A&M also has that. I know, but I also think you have to recognize a, a change of the time. 
Like A and M right now is not the same A and M that it was two years ago. It's like it's there was not, a transformation in the past year that we have. It's to not, and I, I think Texas will figure that out when they get in the SEC. Like Texas fans, when they get in the SEC and start meeting LSU fans and Alabama fans and Georgia fans and Florida fans, are going to be like, oh, this is different. They look at Aggies as equals, and we look at them as inferior, and. Maybe we're not the cool ones anymore. But I'm not even I'll, talking about it in, in the context of Texas. I'm talking about it in the context of A&M. They've made an extraordinarily important leap in the past and, year. But they, but they haven't won anything of significance. But it takes time. It's like they went to the grocery it. store and finally got nice ingredients. they got to cook it now. They haven't had these ingredients. They, they, had, they found gone. the Whole Foods? Yeah, they, they, went from, awesome, the they went from uh, Safeway to Sprouts. And they just got home with the grocery bag. So let them, let them take the stuff out, put it away. Let, let me say this to you. Let your, Jimbo it, Fisher cook. That's the t-shirt. I'll, I'll say this in your defense, Ari. I, I, I think this is something that you, you, you could have argued on Friday in, in backing A&M is I think that, of course, we, sitting here today, we don't know what your Texas and Oklahoma will join the SEC. Let's say it's 25, right? Whatever. Um, I think that A&M will initially enjoy an advantage that they've been in the SEC for a decade. And of course, that doesn't mean Jimbo's been the head coach for a decade, but they've been in the SEC for a decade and they they have a strong, solid foundation now in terms of what they're doing. I think they will enjoy an advantage over Oklahoma and Texas. The question is, how long will they enjoy that advantage before Oklahoma is SEC Oklahoma or before Texas gets its act together or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that, but I do think that that's something that as an A&M fan, you should feel good about today. Yeah, I just don't know if we should be talking about A&M in the context of the old Big 12. Like they literally out-recruited Alabama this past but year. But the, the fact of the matter is they, they have done everything they need to succeed in the SEC for the first time gotten, this year, more than ever, and they've got, recruited well the, in the past. But this is the first time they've well, signed a class well, that can compete with This is the first time they've had the number one recruiting class. But look, you know, but the, the last other, five years have been so concentrated at the top. Only four or five teams have signed a class like this. That A and M went not only joined that group, but like annihilated every. And by the way, this past week signed another five star defensive lineman in that last year's class, which we mm-hmm. haven't mentioned on the show. And I think they've got seven top one hundred defensive linemen going yeah. into the program. Yeah, nine this year. in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. So well, like, it's just like they're a different. They're they're becoming sure. a different animal, and I'm just trying to show them okay, the respect. Get, and to be clear, when I say what I said. And, when I, when I say what I said, but I'm Jordan not saying didn't get over the hump, and we both Georgia had won the SEC three times in the in the yeah. century. Yeah, I'm I'm giving Texas A&M the Georgia benefit of the doubt because pretty soon they're going to be. But Georgia like had Georgia actually team. won the league. That's the difference, right? right. I'm talking about roster construction. I, I'm aware of that, but Georgia I can't, had like, done something. I'm not going to neg Texas A&M for not doing something four years ago before they had the roster that they have now. If they go four years from now and they haven't won it, then I'll join your side of the equation. But now right. that they have an Alabama but, but roster, the they're going to get Alabama As soon as they win, results. I'm on your side. But I'm just not going to jump to your side no, because... No, it's like speculating on stocks. You don't you don't just invest when you're at the top. You invest in the, in the corporation because you think their, earning, their earnings are going to come there. You, you like their business plan. You like their model. You put your money in before the stock goes to the roof. Their first earnings report comes out. They crushed revenue, and you make money. That's what I'm doing. Ari's I'm investing that, in ice juice, Max. I'm I'm investing in uh in the uh the machine that will make crinkle cut fries extinct. <laughs> we'll be right back after these words. Hey, I'm I'm willing to give you guys my top ten right now if you want to hear it. Yes, yes let's hear I it. Listen to the pod. Okay. Uh I'll go I'll go I'll go bottom to top here, okay? 
10, shoestring, absolute trash. I've never had a good one. Nine, I'm going to say steak fries. I used to really like steak fries. I must have just not had very good steak fries lately. If you can, if you can point me in the direction of the greatest steak fries, I'll go Next have them. Next time you're in Dallas, we'll take care of that for you. Okay. All right. Um, eight, wedges. Generally like wedges, so this is not a knock on them. I, I, I'll eat any of these from, I, from I found once nine. I got to eight or seven, it was yeah. all stuff I really like. They're all good. Yeah. Seven... I have curly fries because we don't eat Arby's very often. If I eat Arby's more often, I think curly fries would be higher. But I always like a curly fry. Okay. Six, standard McDonald's cut. I know, Ari. I'm sorry. Here, let me tell you, though. There's so there's just too many restaurants that serve standard fries that are just not memorable at all. So the McDonald's are great, but there's just too many that just do very plain, bland, not memorable But you could say the same fries. thing about every fry. Of course. Of course. But, yeah. That's how I yeah. Okay. Keep five going. crinkle. Okay. Crinkles at five. Okay. Is that reasonable? I think Kevin no. had him six. Moving along. I think moving that along. having crinkle fries. <laughs> moving uh, along. Have you ever been to like a Houston's or like just like a solid American restaurant where like the entrees are like 18 to 20 bucks? Yeah. They always okay. have tremendous fries and their fries. And it doesn't matter. It's not just Houston's. It's like like restaurants in that in that same realm stonewood tavern yeah stuff like that like i don't know yeah all those like those fast casual joint or those uh american chain restaurants that are a step above chili's but not quite nice you know what i mean where you could still go almost there jay alexander's in the jay alexander's is the perfect example of what i'm talking about and they always have these like garlic garlic seasoned american it's like how you could possibly put crinkle cut fries above a regular fry is like blasphemy to me like i, I, I can't even my point is there's just too many restaurants that just have a, a, a frozen bag of standard fries and they don't really do much to them to dress them up and and I, i'm you saying they're dragging down the regular fries though <laughs> you literally you, just described there, you, there's not one restaurant you walk where you, yourself into that one max <laughs> you, there's not what there's not raisin canes or any other restaurant where you actually like the crinkle cut fries no I like, canes I like would be better if they had better fries i say this with the 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 it's interesting because the chicken finger restaurants, for the most part, all serve crinkle cut fries. Yeah, yeah. I want to say because the OG Guthrie's did it back in the day. I will. But I will definitely acknowledge there's a there's a real variant. I mean, bad crinkle fries are are you know belong at the bottom of the list. But but good ones, I think you guys just need to have. But I think all the crinkle cut fries taste the same. Yeah. Okay. That's I think fine. if you, I think if you took the runs of fries and you put them in a raising canes box, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I pride myself on being able to like look at something and know what restaurant it came from. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. But like, uh, you know what? It's I'm sorry. We just don't like the same thing, and I don't want to like. I feel like I'm coming at you a little bit too hard. No, that's you okay. Enjoy them, you I, enjoy I expect it. it. I expect yeah. it. So I've crinkle five. You guys act like I have it number one, but it's number five. Four uh, tater tots. My one though. Forest tater tots. Tater tots. You can make a case for number two though. I mean, great tater tots are. I'm a big tot guy. Yeah. Uh, three season fries. I, I haven't had the checkers rallies ones. I, I think like Popeye's comes to mind here Two, I would say fresh cut, which I know Andy, that was your number one. Yeah. For me, like the guiltiest pleasure of them all. And I, I rarely do it is the brown bag of five guys fries. Oh, I love those. And I, it's just one of those like, Oh, this is way too many fries. I shouldn't eat them all. Oh, and I'm crap, going I to them eat all. them all. Yes. I will and have a large Andy and max before the show means, fill up the bag and I will eat them all. I told you guys that I forgot to rank a fry and I was embarrassed by it. Yeah. What is the it? natural? cut fries like at a steak escape or at a charlie steak you yeah. know the, like Andy yeah that was, was my number about. one i, I number should one. have been on my list and i'm embarrassed yeah, the to five say guys that fry and them. the steak escape fry is the same fry yes sure it's just like off sure. of a potato they slice Fre- it freshly they put it in the fryer yes. 
Yeah, that, that should have been in my top five, and I didn't rank them at all, and that was an oversight, not an intentional thing. Um, the fresh cut. Co- Andy, do you ever do the Cajun at five guys, or do you just keep it? Keep oh, it yeah. Normal? No, I'll do the Cajun ones. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, no. I, um, and, and the thing is, like, the, that was when I worked in the mall. I'd hit those pla- those places, never cared about the sandwich. Sometimes we'd just skip the sandwich and get more fries. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's hey, fair. Max, how far were you uh, away from Omaha? Are you like 45 minutes an hour? 50 to 60 minutes, yeah. Okay, I got a checker's location for you. I'm going to text it to you right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. All and right. it would be a- Andy, would you how far would you drive for french fries? Not that far. <laughs> oh, no, I would. <laughs> no, we'll be up there in a couple days. I can One time I, can I drove it. from Tucson to North Scottsdale for lunch and it was That's just a like a long a, way. <laughs> yeah, and I drove back. <laughs> two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Depending I was like, I want to go there for lunch and it's two, it's 10 15. I got there at 12 30, ate lunch and then turned around and drove back to Tucson. But I, I will, I will tell you a checkers story. So, uh, do either of you remember the name Joe Cohen? No. Joe was a, a big time recruit, uh, played. Played offense and defense at Palm Bay High School in, in on the Space Coast of Florida. Uh, came to Florida as a running back. The checkers on University Avenue and 34th Street, that location, made him a defensive tackle. <laughs> he started as a defensive tackle on the 2006 national title team, thanks to checkers. If anybody ever deserved an NIL deal, it was Joe Cohen and checkers. Cause that man loves some checkers. What, what's the like? What's the order at checkers? By the way, if I'm going, you just get like they. they well, I haven't been in years, That's but a they had Buford and a fry. Yeah, they they basically had a burger that was similar to the McDonald's quarter pounder, and okay. you'd get that and big then, Buford and the fries. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Um, yeah, fresh. But you might too. just go get the fries and just to, it's like a life experience. That'd be okay. And, and it's like and I have waffle one. I have waffle one. I think yes. Um, it's it's. And you got to understand, like I, until I moved to Austin in 2012, I'd never had Chick-fil-A. We didn't have that. We didn't grow up around Chick-fil-A. So right, that's because it uh, had not expanded that far yet. Yeah, yeah. it's it spread so much now. Um, and yeah, the Chick-fil-A waffle fry for me is, is uh, that's, I think that's it's the best one. fry on the face of the earth. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying like, fry. In term, yeah, we're not well, because, about but I feel like fries, if you remove but, Chick-fil-A from the equation, the waffle fry would be pretty obsolete. Like I think that Chick Fil A is good, good waffle, waffle fries, fries at other great. bars. No, no, I, just, I don't places. think they're very common. I don't. I don't encounter them in the wild very often, unless I'm at Chick Fil A, and they're good. I mean, every fry that's uh, potato that's deep fried is good, but I don't know that I encounter them enough in now. Andy, in the when world. when you're air frying, what do you what do you buy for frozen? I don't do a lot of fries. Don't there. do a lot of that. Okay. No, I don't. I don't like fries at home. Like okay. it's not something. As an amateur, I feel like I should be doing like, give me a dunk tank with boiling oil, drop them in there and fry you. them correctly. That's you. that's what I want. So I, you I've can done, fake I've, fries pretty good in an air fryer, though, if you're trying to. Yeah, they're not bad. Tots, tots hold up pretty well in the air fryer, too. Tots hold up a lot better. Yeah, but but the fries aren't bad. They're crispy and, and they are obviously better for you than the, the ones dunked in the oil, but they don't. Sure. They don't feel the same. The thing about the checkers fry that you, when you eat it, you'll have to, they're very greasy. Mm, okay. So if you like grease, I mean, some people, yeah. like I took my fiance through there and she's like, I don't like it. It's too greasy, which was a long list of, uh, uh of food opinions. And yet, see eye to eye and yet on. the wedding's still on. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fantastic. Not, not quite a deal breaker. I was, I was like, cause she loves French fries. Like that's her thing. 
So like we were driving to Houston and there's a checkers between Dallas and Houston. And I said, have you ever had a checkers fry before? And she said, no. And I'm like, I am about to blow your mind. You love French fries. And she was pregnant at the time. And the only thing that she ate when she was pregnant was sweet potato fries. So I thought, let's try this out here. And if you only want to eat one, then you only have to eat one. And I, I have a video on my phone of her being disappointed by it. And it's like, it was the worst, it was top 10 worst moment Rushing. of my life. It does suck when there's People something the you truly out. love and you want to share it with someone you love. I just love, don't know how somebody can and eat just that like, and be like, eh, eh, it's I know. okay. I'm, I'm bad at overselling in those situations and setting someone up to fail. Now, there's, Ari, two, there's two things that I, I fail at, Max, when it comes uh -huh. to like getting my fiance to agree with me on something. That's food opinions and comedy. Like, we can't see eye to eye. Mm. Like, we laugh at, we have the same like sense of humor when we're in the world, but like, I can't get her to laugh at a family guy clip. I can't get her to laugh at some of the stand up that I like. And it just like, I get so excited. I tried to, have you guys seen between two ferns? with oh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. 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 I yeah, tried to get her to watch that the other night. Didn't even mm -hmm. smile. And I'm just my, like, what are we doing here? My wife and I have very good TV and movie compatibility. We have great say. movie compatibility, but it's all drama. Like we watch mm. all the drama shows together and we, we are, we have great Netflix chemistry, but we don't, watch comedy very like if like letter kenny and all the things that i watch like family guy and you know curb your enthusiasm like all the things that most guys watch like never with her well see yeah my wife and i have very good comedy compatibility as well we speak in movie quotes yeah so like yeah we speak here. in in space balls and dumb and dumber and zoolander quotes in our house like mm -hmm. that's why when the texas fans came at me for saying that Texas, which chews up and spits out coaches, is not the best job in the world, I posted the Bugatu clip that I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because <laughs> that is spoken in our house once every two days, at least. Now, one time I tried to grab Britt's hand and she pulled it away and said, Harry, your hands were freezing. And I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is a, a massive Dumb and Dumber fan. So uh, I did, before we go, want to talk about something that Max wrote last week and it, it Wait, does what, what happened to the actual topic the of whole podcast? topic of the entire totally podcast just is just gone. gone it's okay <laughs> but it's okay because I did want to talk about the Texas fans reaction to our rankings because I thought that was interesting and this ties into this as well because this this involves Texas and Oklahoma at the moment we'll see but Max wrote about the potential big 12 divisions which this the entire topic, uh, speaking of, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. This entire topic drives me crazy because I don't understand why these conferences haven't gotten together and gotten the rule completely changed so that they don't have to have divisions if they don't want to. Like the, the rule now, because they, they changed it, they tweaked it for, for the Big 12, and I think the ACC helped out with this too. Before, you had to have at least 12 teams split into two divisions. That was the only way to stage a championship game. Then they changed it to, if you play a full round robin, you don't have to have divisions. Well, they're all going to get rid of divisions soon. Because you'll, you'll not want divisions because you'll want the highest ranked champion to make the playoff. So, they're all going to have them changed. So, why didn't the Big 12 just go to the other leagues and be like... Hey, can you co-sponsor this with us so we can just knock this out and not have this stupid rule anymore? And we don't need divisions and can have a one versus two championship game like we we have been doing. Yeah, this is the a topic that you know we're we're kind of getting you know we're 15 months away from the new Big 12 and that and the new Big 12 is 14 members at this point in time. So uh, they're they're kind of in that process now, having to figure out how how this is actually going to work 
you know, starting in, in, in 23 and, um, you know, they're going to meet next month in Phoenix and, and try to hammer this, this issue out of, of what's the divisional setup or do we need divisions? And that, that certainly could be the takeaway, um, you know, but they have to rely on getting it changed at the NCAA convention next getting year, getting a waiver and then getting it changed. Yeah. And then, right. and then, cause you've got to have a schedule. Right. And, and, and so they've looked at three different models for, um, you know, for divisions and, and the kind of the, the dish difference in the models from what I've been told is kind of what do we do with Texas and Oklahoma? Do we put them in the same division or different divisions? And that's kind of the, the, the interim problem, obviously, you got to figure out. But I'm with you, Andy. Like, I think the Big 12, uh, the best move is the one versus two in terms of trying to, especially if we're stuck with the four, 14 playoff. I think you do want your conference title game to have your two best teams and you can't do that and have divisions, really. I mean, it's not fair. So, um, I you know, I think that probably the most logical thing would be to not have divisions and try to work out fair schedules and protect rivalries and all that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's to see if, what, what they feel like they have to do as in terms of making it, you know, is 14 a little bit too unwieldy in terms of the scheduling without divisions. If you're going for maximum spite, do you, do you put Texas and Oklahoma in separate divisions and then be like, oops, we couldn't schedule you against one another. Sorry. <laughs> you know, when we did the, when I did the big 12 survey, I asked them and you know, what, how much they cared. And, and among the Texas and Oklahoma, you know, I, I asked big 12 fans, should they be in the same divisions or different divisions? And, and the Texas and Oklahoma fans voted uh, for same divisions. So I don't know if that's just the, the comfort level of we've done that before in the South. Um, and, and maybe that makes the red river game matter more. Uh, it's also but, the Iron Bowls like that. Michigan, Michigan, Oklahoma, or Michigan, Ohio State is like that. You know, those are in division games. So I, I, I get where they would feel that way. I think I mean, that's that a normal thought, wouldn't sense. it be? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense because I, while I'm sure they they enjoyed playing against one another twice that year where they played for the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, uh, I think just beating the other team on the field and maybe that being the, the reason why one of them played for the championship and the other one didn't probably going to feel for, pretty good for the winner. Sure. I, I, I can tell you, I, I think folks in the big 12 do not want to see Texas and Oklahoma in the big 12 title game ever again. Well, then, then you, then either you of them, them individually, but then both of them, yeah, too. then you throw them in the same division. So yeah. you, you avoid that completely. Well, they can and, just and do what then, the big 10 did and just make up some weird rule that the end of the championship is between the third and fourth best team in the, country. the Whataburger and the, and the, and the Hy-Vee divisions. That's, you know, I, I asked it is legends and leaders on the table. It sounds like it's probably not. Um, I think that that we just can leave that one in the past, but um, yeah, the branding part of it, cause it's not a very naturally, uh, North South thing. I mean, it could be if you just want to have the super loaded Texas division, which I don't think they really I, want to do. Could you go East and West, like East of I-35 that, and that West That may of be I-35? the way they do it. Um, and, I just and, don't know why you would bother with geography in a world where geography is completely irrelevant now. I mean, that's fine. And this is temporary. Geography is ruining the big 10. Well, it is. And and again, this is another reason why the Big Ten shouldn't have divisions either. The ACC should. The but ACC then again, had everybody one in the year Big where they play without Texas divisions anyway, and had two so teams in the playoff. Like, like in the Big Ten, you've got a team that's in, in New Jersey and Maryland and another team that's in Iowa. So like that that is a little bit more drastic. But like in the Big 12, how many teams? I mean, maybe not the new Big 12 with, you know, Cincinnati and UCF and right. those guys, but like everybody in the big 12 recruits Texas anyway. So maybe it, it makes less of a difference. And they want to be, and they want to feel like they still have that access. So it is important. They may, if they do divisions, they may split the, the four Texas teams, you know, going forward right. um, into two different divisions, just so everyone feels like they get to play their games in the state of Texas and helps them in recruiting. Now, Max, I, I'm curious. 
somebody asked me this the other day, and and I I don't know the answer. I've I've talked to people with Texas and Oklahoma, and I don't get a sense that any of them feel any sort of confidence that they get out of the Big Twelve early. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like everybody's sort of settled on it's. It, it could be 2025 before they join the SEC. But as one AD told me, no one's no one really wants to still wants to show their cards at this time. Yeah, but that's what I'm wondering. Could this become cumbersome to a point where reasonable people decide they want to come up with a reasonable number? The reasonable, from my understanding, um, I, I think that one way that could could expedite it would be basically ESPN intervention. You know, I think that, that I we think can't that, have that. <laughs> they got um, mad about that. The, the perceived intervention last time that ESPN, they did, you know, they did, but denied. You know, you've got, you've got some, uh, you got some interest there, Andy, because you've got, um, you know, you get the SEC network, you need to right. unwind Longhorn network. Um, you know, could, could they be the ones that, um, you know, make the money right for well, all, you? All you involved. also have the new ESPN SEC deal starting in 2024. Yep. As opposed to 2025. Some interest the, the there. Big, Sure. Yeah, the new Big Twelve deal starts in twenty twenty five. So, yeah, I, I do think I, I do wonder if they get tired of it. And and I know feelings are still very raw in this situation, but I will say they seem to be handling it. the The Big Twelve people do seem to be handling it more maturely than maybe I would have <laughs> in their shoes. Yeah, from yeah, I, I, that seems to be the case. And from everything I've heard, the 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 twelve working together, it's been it's been you know, as you'd expect, they, you know they they it's been good relations so far uh, among kind of going going forward with those those members. Um, one one point that was made to me last fall that um, I don't know maybe maybe we kind of uh, I didn't maybe fully understand the point when this was all hitting the fan, Andy, but. Um, you know, we like we throw around the oh, it's going to cost eighty million in terms of an exit fee. It's going to cost way more than eighty million because you can't really put a price on actually locking up their grant of rights for that period of time. The actual value of this is way more than eighty million. Well, if that's the case, n- nobody's going anywhere. Right? There, there's no number you come to that that it, that they're going to be willing to pay rather than just wait another to, year to get the rights back. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Who knows? It's not at this point. It's it's just kind of a staring contest. It's 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 crazy because, as someone pointed out to me, who, who'd worked with the Big Twelve or you know worked at a Big Twelve school, nobody had been in their old league more than one full calendar year after saying they're going where they're going. This this is going to be more than three years. If it yeah, and you, I mean, you saw Conference USA last week get their 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 stuff all figured out because yeah, it's uncomfortable. You don't want to, you don't want to hold people hostage. Yeah, it's, it, it is amazing, but, uh, but I understand where the big 12 is coming from. You, you want to milk this for all it's worth. If you can make them give you a bunch of cash, then great. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know that it's worth it for Texas and Oklahoma to do that. So uh, you just have, have to figure it out. The sec, I guess has to, it can stay in divisions until it doesn't need to be in divisions anymore. I know they they're already talking about what the next thing will be. I think it's the the three fixed opponents and then everybody else rotates through twice every 4 years. Well, uh, the but ACC you, did it in 20, right? They did they did without divisions in 20. And right. That, and and two teams made the playoff. Right. From, right. from the ACC. So uh, it's it's common sense 
the Big Ten should be going to this. The the ACC should be going back to it. The SEC will be going to this at some point when, when Oklahoma and Texas get there. So if you're the Big 12, if you could figure out a way and be sure that you're not that, that you can get that rule pushed through, then I think you do. And you go divisionless, and that way you don't have to stress about it. But unless you know you can get it pushed through, you do have to stress because you've got to have schedules made. Uh, yeah, I guess you could do contingency, make schedules either way. Yeah. But and it could be I, that they do they do divisions in the 14 setup and then they, you know, a couple of years and pass and then them. they can revisit this and get rid of divisions. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, when when the Big Ten comes out whenever that is and says we're doing away with divisions, which I mean, they certainly should, as as Ari pointed out. Then the Big 12 can be like, oh, we're, we're following suit. Ari, how would you feel about getting some Ohio State, Michigan Big Ten title games? You wouldn't love it, would you? You want you want the you I'm, want the big game that, to feel as important as possible. I you know I can't be the if we expand the playoff, we're watering down the regular season guy, and then also be like, yeah, I love rematches. So like, <laughs> I think I've got to stay consistent with that. Um, and I personally don't. Boy, know. that Duke North Carolina third matchup of the year was so terrible. Oh wait, no, it was freaking awesome. Sorry. Oh yeah, I know. Go it's ahead. A great sport. We're we got to talk about football now. <laughs> uh, I believe there's another level of football where teams frequently play three times in the same yeah. year, and it works out okay. So they're all built differently than college football, and I don't know where I'm at with rematches. And I think that every single time there is one, I want to watch it. So maybe that's just the answer. But I think there's something special to the fact that Ohio State had to cry and go home. And it's their season was over. Like you think Michigan wants to play him again the following week. That'd be bullshit. Like <laughs> they beat him. You know, I don't know. Like that's just, just my mentality. That, so I don't know. That's what Florida state said my freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a retort for everything. This guy, <laughs> that's, they're like, Oh no, we shouldn't have to play him again. Yeah. You don't want to know why? Cause the final score is 52 to 20 in the second game. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. And, and if you're, if you're a, I think that they should, the two best teams should play. And if they happen to play in the final week of the year, the regular season, and you know, if that's the way it works out, then that's the way it works out. Then like, I don't hate it. You know, I, I do would. I mean, I would, everybody on the face of the earth would have watched a rematch between Ohio state, and Michigan two weeks later, or a week later. I'm not sure Ohio state would have won that. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Given, uh, given the way Michigan <laughs> beat them. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. Ohio state would have yeah. won. Conventional wisdom would say, now. Hey, they're playing in a dome and they figured it out a week later. And, uh, the I'm not sure they were blocking but Hutchinson and Ajabo a week that. after that. Yeah, they so. just got their ass kicked. Yeah, butt kicking so. happen <laughs> yeah, in domes, yeah, too, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, you know, I think that Michigan would have probably won again because you can't beat a playoff team like Michigan when you're soft, and Ohio State was soft last year. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I feel particularly passionate about it. I do think that the divisions are kind of stupid. Um, but at the same time, it's just frustrating with the Big Ten. They're not created equal. That's why in that conference. Right, it, and that's the conference I covered for so long. So yeah. I, I just like I see Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin and Northwestern and these teams on the other side of the conference. Like, okay, well, the other side of the conference gets access to all the good players. And they're just like, well, I guess we're just going to recruit Southern Illinois and hope that we can beat right. Philly and Maryland and Pittsburgh and right. and Columbus and Cleveland and Cincinnati. It's just not fair. So, um, but then again, I don't know that changing the division is going to put Iowa in a better position. To land right. I don't know that, Pittsburgh it, that, anyway, that makes, so I, I, don't I, I would argue that Iowa has had probably the best chance of, of the West teams of, of winning. Well, it's, the it's, whole thing. it's fine to be in the big 10. Like Michigan West. state sucks. had to go on that 17 play drive in 2015 to beat Iowa. 
the, the thing about that, the way it's set up, though, is that it's not the Big Ten West that's paying the consequence. It's teams like it's Michigan State. State and Penn yeah. State that have to beat Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all in the same year. It's just not fair. So, um, But you if know, you had are, two Big Ten East teams in the title game pretty much every year, how are the, how do the West programs ever start to recruit at that level and, and keep up with them? Well, I mean, how long have that? How, how long has the Big Ten had divisions now, and how like many of the Big Ten West teams have risen from the ashes to recruit better? Like, I I don't know that. Sometimes I feel like it's oh so easy. I'm not saying you're doing this, Max. So don't don't take it that way. But like, I do think that that it's easy to see. Well, this one change is going to lead to a dramatic impact on on thing B and a lot of times it just doesn't work out that way like yeah I got you I mean how many times has Wisconsin been in the Big Ten championship game and they've signed one top 25 class in the history of their program it's just like what is it going to take for them to sign a top 10 class I don't know the I don't know if they ever will and I don't know if the divisions or the the alignment or how many times they play Ohio State in the same season or whatever. I don't think there's yeah, anything the, that you the can divisions do to, aren't the thing holding them back yeah what and, are you going to do to change that yeah. like I don't even and, know if there is an answer because you know, you you look at the SEC, and they've had two periods where one division has completely dominated the other one. You know, the first 10 years of, of the SEC championship game, more or less, the winner of the Florida-Tennessee game, which was usually week three, won the league. Like, that was the, the de facto SEC championship game. And the West just couldn't get it together. And then the West gets it together, and the East is just irrelevant for however long, really until Georgia won in 17. So you have these runs, and I don't think they're good for the league where it feels like one side is just completely... Because then, you know, with, with and I realize that's not actually helping Wisconsin or Iowa or Nebraska or Minnesota win the Big Ten title, but it doesn't feel like one side is just shunt it off if they just they're one through four. yeah and, and now we're back to everybody love everybody the the, the andy staples's view on college football everybody gets a hug it's not a hug it's it's that everybody plays everybody feels included yes and equal yes when they're not yeah not equal i nobody <laughs> here here's the thing i i don't know how a hunt what is it how long have they been playing college football now 150 years 151 mm-hmm. years like if if anybody thinks that it's equal or ever was equal or ever will be no, equal, yeah. no. they're delusional. But to be engaged is not the same thing. Like Minnesota fans don't go into the season thinking we're going to win the national championship. They go into the season thinking hopefully we'll have a good year and and maybe beat Wisconsin. That that's what I that's So what why I'm are we changing is, the postseason for that? I I know, I I recognize that you're saying that it's not yeah because if they made the not, playoff it would be even more special. But they're only thinking them. about those two things so they could still achieve those in the current system. But then they could also be like well maybe we'll make the playoff. If we have a really good year maybe we'll make the playoff. Yeah, I, I think that that was Kind of my point is like at least if you have the opportunity to win the West and go into like I know Iowa got whipped in the Big Ten title game obviously and does that change recruiting dramatically? No, obviously they got a five star afterward, but and that was great for them. But like I think that being able to a win the division and b in some years have access to the Rose Bowl or a really good bowl game just by winning that division at least does help your program. You know, hang hang with them but, to, but to a, the best a, a of your ability. Team, a Not to say playoff. you can get over on Ohio State or anything, yeah. but, it, but at a 12, least keeps a 12 you there. A 12-team playoff and a divisionless Big Ten 
Wisconsin does make it some years. Iowa sure. does make yeah. it some years. Yeah. And like that's a big freaking deal. But part of that would also be your division scheduling, which if you're taking that away, then it's going to get harder to get there. It, it is, but they, they're going to have years where they can beat Ohio State in the regular season or beat Michigan State in the regular season. It's not going to be every year. Yeah, once but, every 20 years. I mean, we saw Iowa crush a, a pretty good Ohio State team in 2018. Yeah. That was their year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe Purdue uh, also beat Ohio State one time. I believe they did. I think yeah. they're all just going to take turns. Um, I Yeah, I guess. I you know we've we've been through this before, I guess, but well, they're they're going to expand the playoff. It's just you know, yeah, and it'll be fun when they do win. it. So yeah, all right, gentlemen, we have. What are, what are you going to like title problems? this podcast? I, I mean, this was fun. I enjoyed it. I just what's uh, wrong with Texas? How about eight? grab ass with Max Olson? <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> this is just like uh, leftovers out of the fridge. It was. It's good though. I like. I enjoy. But, but it's, it's listen. We had an idea going in. We but did. I wanted to bring up the reaction from the Texas fans because it was pretty forceful. So, you know, conflict I mean, creates good audio, and there was some there was some conflict. And there. think about everything we covered. We covered uh, cookies with Oreos in it, mm-hmm. checkers, French fries, comedy wives, compatibility, comedy yep. compatibility, wives uh, supporting their uh, loser GA husbands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, there's a lot happening. Um, oh. And then all the college football stuff, too. Why and we got we a little snippy at the end. cookies and cream cookies? I mean, why isn't that not a standard thing know. in a cookie that's shop? What, when, I, when I ate one, I was in Chad Stagg's meeting room. And he's like, you want one? I was like, ah, oh, hell yeah, I want one. When I ate one, I was like, why have I never thought to do yeah. this? I don't it know. should be standard. I love I it. I found a recipe... She she wouldn't give me the exact recipe. I found a recipe in an old Southern Living or on the Southern Living website very quickly after that. So it's doable. It's definitely doable. But yeah, we'll have to make those. Maybe when we when we go to your dad's house, sorry, and and interview him for the podcast, maybe I'll uh, I'll bring some baking supplies and make some cookies. Yeah, you, or no, actually, you should bring some baking supplies and make us that macaroni and cheese, man. I could do that. Um, I, that. The Clarkston Union, uh, Union Woodshop Mac and Cheese. I was watching Heck this yeah. thing on. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the the cookie and cookie Max. I was watching this thing on YouTube, where there was this big, or not YouTube, but Instagram, where this guy was in Jersey, and there was this big slice of pizza, a triangle slice, and the toppings were little miniature slices of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm that's like, tremendous. that's like, I would eat that. That's like Inception. Yeah, what cookie and I, cookie. I, I will say, no, I, I needed to be better at Instagram. Once I have my six pack, then then I'll just post more on Instagram. But oh boy, I've been wait, sp- wait, hold on. You're the man of food pictures, and you're saying you should be better at Instagram. What, what, we want food pictures. You don't I, want your I six pack. I haven't traveled as much, and I'd I have much not rather eaten. watch what you're look at what you're eating for lunch than what happened to your body because you stopped. <laughs> well, not right. you. I'm not. I'm not aiming the six pack pictures at you, Ari. Come on now. Wow. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, but but I have somehow like in my scrolling of Instagram, I have wound up in in butcher Instagram mm. down that rabbit hole. Have you, have you guys gone yeah, to butcher Instagram? Yeah, like it's basically a bunch of German butchers cutting wagyu cattle. <laughs> like it's you know, crazy. what's funny if you go look at Instagram and you click on the explore tab on the bottom, mm-hmm. it tells you who you are as a human. Dude, I, all right. Let me let me ask you this. I am getting absolutely bombarded with dad content now, and it all oh, yeah. works on me. Are you getting this too now? 
No, I get I, I get Ari, stretchy are you, are you athletic wear. Content? That's what I get. Okay. I get retro Jordans, watches, uh, diet food, mm-hmm. poker <laughs> chips, um, <laughs> pizza, and like sports, and that's it. This is by by the way. Remember when Ari read off his and sports cards? Look his at his Google search history randomly a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah, and we decided we were going to make it a regular segment. We're going to make it. Ari reads off either his Google search history or his Instagram Explorer. Explore is a great. It is a great uh, assessment of what the what Instagram thinks you are. I got a lot of food. I got a lot, like movie clips. Um, a lot of food, man. A lot of food. And my Google search history is kind of weird. A lot of beer uh, too. I'm looking at it right now. Uh oh. All right. What we got? What we Thad got? Mata. <laughs> okay. Checkers locations, Nebraska. <laughs> Wait, no, we understand <laughs> that one. Jimmy Chadwell. Yep. Uh, what is epoxy? <laughs> Garage floor coating Dallas. Epoxy was the wordle the other day. Is that why I got it wrong? Yeah. I I got it wrong because, and I had three more guesses to go, and I just saw the APO, and I I couldn't even get another, I couldn't even get wrong guesses. I was so stuck. I had to Google what is the answer, and then epoxy came up, and I didn't, I've never heard that word in my life. And then a Mm. week later, Britt wants me to look into uh, what it would be like to get one of those gel coats in our garage door. Of course. Uh, best pizza in Atlanta. <laughs> that would be Antico. Near I'm the going Ikea to Atlanta next Georgia weekend Tech. to see a yeah, stand-up you, comedian. You want to so. go to in, you'll you'll want to go to Antico. Antico. Okay. Antico's. Yeah. Good. Good. Oh, Max and I have been there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm a I'm a butcher Instagram right here. Lots of heavily marbled meats. Nice. That's, that's yeah. I get what, a lot of smoked barbecue on here too. It's it's that and the ads are for stretchy athletic wear that I've never bought. For some reason, also there was one account I started following because I was getting so much of it that was like fast food hacks. I feel like I probably should send that to you guys because that's just extremely up your alley. Well, like like our friend on Twitter who sent us the Culver's burger with the fried cheese curd mm. patty atop the burger that apparently yes. is going to come back here in the next month or so. So we may have to have another Andy Staple Show taste test. I like that. I th- I think we can do it. I we we need to regularly schedule these things. Uh, whatever you know, whatever the creative minds at Arby's and Burger King and, and McDonald's want to come up with, we we can test them out for you. I, I did drive by a Runza today, and they had a sign up saying they have a fish sandwich. So maybe I'll maybe what? I'll report back to you guys on that one. <laughs> um, all right, somebody said to try the Popeyes fish sandwich. Yes, I, yeah. I heard it's flounder, which sounds pretty awesome. So it sounds like they do it similar to their fried chicken sandwich, though. It's just with the. Is it almost gone? Because I, I believe I believe it's they serve it during Lent, which makes sense. That that's a, a I'm still getting texts about that podcast. Yeah, that, that wants fish sandwiches during Lent. So yeah, yeah. I, I still I'm wish all that for you would have had it fresh. <laughs> I just want a crunchy fish sandwich, Ari, and it's a, you know the your your favorite Ari, is is a very about the soft fish sandwich is that you can eat it without chewing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ari's going to swallow some more fish sandwiches without chewing. Max and I are going to get some work done. It has been a pleasure. Tuesday, Austin Meek will join us. We're going to wrap up Michigan spring football. He's going to explain why Ari's uh, favorite quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, did not do much throwing this spring. I'll be listening to that. Yes. And the state of Michigan with new coordinators, with Jim Harbaugh back, where there was a moment where we didn't think that was going to happen. It's going to be 
very, very interesting. Talking Wolverines on Tuesday. <laughs>